What's up, what's up, 49ers fans? Uh, Dylan Simone here with Eric Crocker, back for another episode of the Cover 4 podcast. Uh, what's going on, Eric? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Well, this is our uh, our podcast leading up to training camp. Uh, I know you're stoked. Oh, yeah. No, I'm super excited. And, and excited to take my kids to uh, see them on uh, Friday. You know, get to see them live and, and in practice and kind of do my own little observing as well. Yeah, man. They're, uh, 49ers are having the open practice on Friday, right? Those uh, tickets were pretty easy to get? Yeah, super easy. Um, you know, they just put out the link online and you, you're able to just purchase. Um, I don't know how many you're able to purchase. I know I was able to purchase three. Um, but I know some dates they ran out of. I'm actually going on a weekday. Uh, so it was a little easier for me to, um, you know, get a hold of them. I, I think I've heard of them selling out some of the weekend ones. So, um, yeah, if you're trying to go during a weekday, you can still, I'm pretty sure you can still get tickets. Yo, nice. And lucky for you, actually, we just found out literally before we press record that you're going to be seeing Mike McGlinchey officially, the Niners' yeah. number nine overall pick. Fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, so a couple announcements before we get started. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey, uh, the number nine overall pick out of Notre Dame. Um, 49ers tackle the future. Um, yeah, just signed a four-year, $18.3 million contract um, right before the deadline. Uh, fully guaranteed. That just leaves Dante Pettis unsigned right now. And I'm, I'm surprised that Dante Pettis isn't, isn't signed by now, but um, I guess it's not something I would worry too much about. I'm pretty sure um, you know he'll be ready for, for camping and signed, sealed, and delivered. Right, yeah, and that was, uh, I believe, Matt Barrows of the Sacramento Bee, soon to be the Athletic, uh, had said that Dante Pettis is with the same agency as Mike McGlinchey, that's CAA, so he doesn't expect that it's going to be much longer before Pettis' deal is done. Got it, they, they probably just focused on one, and then they're moving on to the next one. Exactly, yeah, so he should be good to go soon, too. Um, oh, and- hold on, before you, you I know you, I just heard you say, um, Matt Barrow's soon to be of uh, the athletic. So what, what do you think about that? Matt's been, yeah, I mean, he's, they're, they're cleaning up, right? They just have a stable of writers. Uh, Matt's been one of the really, really good ones. Uh, he's a really good storyteller. He's a really good reporter for the 49ers. Um, I'm kind of curious what he's going to do with the platform. David Lombardi's been doing some great work for them. Um, I know you like Ted's breakdowns. Um, so I think they've assembled a nice little Bay Area football team of, of writers, basically. Yeah, it, it sounds good. And um, I think overall, man, just and, – and I've heard people say it on various podcasts and on social media, but the 49ers really do have a good um, – the, the fans. The fans really have – a lot of content out there, you know, and, and really good content at that. Um, just a bunch of different platforms, whether it's podcasts, um, articles, uh, you know. Now you have The Athletic uh, doing a great job covering the 49ers. Just, you know, a lot, you know, the beat writers from, you know, Beaterman and all those guys. It's pretty It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. Like, you know, 49ers are kind of, you know, everything is pretty much covered. Yeah, and that it's also really cool just because media is constantly changing. And, I mean, there's a lot of dynamic content you can have. And all these guys are making it available because they're sharing their stuff on Instagram and, and you know, uh, other social media platforms. And people are aggregating video and pairing it and analysis to be had. So um, I'm glad that they've caught up as far as how to break down football. And that, you know, uh, Newsy reports, you know, they're only... I mean, they're, while they're necessary, there's so much other good content. So it's, I'm glad to see that, you know, a lot of people just kind of took the initiative to to start covering it and, and on how they see it. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. All right. And um, one more thing I just kind of wanted to touch on before, uh, you know, while we're kind of getting into the news and everything. But the Giants signed, you know, this is not 49ers uh, news, but Saquon Barkley, four years, $31 million, uh, fully guaranteed contract. What do you do? You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it seems like that was what I actually had just seen. That as soon as we got started, was I was like, I was looking at McClinchy, uh, the, the tweets from Tom Pelissero, and then I got like the promoted or in case you missed it tweet in my thread where uh, 
Bleacher Report talking about Saquon Barkley fully guaranteed. So, you know, it was just kind of a reminder that I guess it's the norm. Those top 10 guys are making sure that they get their money or they're not going to be in camp because um, those are the future stars of the franchise. I mean, for the mo- more often than not. So uh, I'm excited for Barkley in that offense. It's going to be cool that the Niners play them this year um, because you have the that air and ground attack of Barkley and Odell. And then obviously they got a lot of other good players like Ingram and Sterling Shepard. So um, I'm kind of curious to see how they gel. I'm interested to see how he does. I've been kind of hard on him. Um, Not so much that, you know, it's not because I don't think he's like a talented player. I just think people kind of, um, you know, I watch a lot of games with Saquon Barkley playing. And I definitely think that he's, he's a super talented dude, but you know, I saw guys comparing him to like, Adrian Peterson and LaDainian Tomlinson. And those guys dominated week in and week out. I didn't see that from Saquon Barkley. Um, I mean, there were games where I saw him. I think it was like Indiana where he ran for like 40 yards on 20 carries um, against Ohio State. I know he had one run for like 30 yards. uh, That was a touchdown. But aside from that, he had like 20 carries for a total of like 20 yards after that. You know, like just stuff like that where I was just like, you know, for people to kind of crown him the way they have, and then for um, Sports Center to you know put out a, a all under twenty five right. roster, and they had Barkley on there, but no Ezekiel Elliott, no um, Kareem Kam- Hunt, Kamara, no, um, the the running back from the Saints, and it's like wow, like how do you you know it's like this guy hasn't even taken a snap in NFL, so I think there's like I do think he's super talented, but the the hype on it, you know, I mean that's even it's more than the whole Jimmy Garoppolo hype train. <laughs> you know, this guy hasn't even played a snap in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I'm that's the thing is he's always from the very beginning been getting a lot of credit. That's not his fault because he's just a freak, you know, and people like to gawk at what he is in the gym and and the plays that he makes on the field. Um, but it's definitely taken away from a lot of the other running backs, like, you know, pro running backs now and, and the other college running backs um, that were in his draft class. I mean, I'm equally as excited for Sony Michelle on the Patriots. Like, that's going to be right. outrageous. And, and even Penny, that somebody, you know, the 49ers would be going up against him. Penny on the, on the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, Ronald Jones. Very talented running back. Ronald Ro- Jones, he's probably my favorite running back in the draft. Um, I think, you know, that's an explosive offense there. In, in Tampa Bay, well, it should be. Uh, that's another guy that, you know, it's like, this is a really good running back draft class. Darius Geis on Washington. Barkley has gotten so much more hype than the other guys where I didn't see, as far as when you just watched them play, I didn't see that big of a, a talent gap. But maybe maybe I'm, I'm just naive. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we saw, you know, it was the same story last year. And I think that's why even people are more confident talking about it this year when it was all about, you know, Fournette. Um, you know, you saw the class around him in the late rounds. And they all, you know, a bunch of these guys produced as rookies. Um, and honestly, some of them look like more intriguing options long term than Fournette does. So, uh, I mean, you're not wrong to doubt it. I do. Um, I question it. I, I don't know if he's going to be the best back in the class, but um, I think he'll be a good football player. And I think the, I yeah. think the Giants got yeah. a good football player. Yeah, I, and, I, and I always try to tell people, I never doubt that he's going to be, or that he has the potential to be really good. I just think that, you know, already saying he's better than somebody like Ezekiel Elliott, who, you know, led the league in rushing as a rookie, you know, over 1,600 rushing yards and sat out a game that year, um, the final game of the season, um, you know, first team all pro. To put him on a list over that, to put, you know, Barkley over I, I just think that's kind of insane. That was a hot, that was a that was a hot take. I mean, that was, was probably the biggest one of the week, I think. I saw that on a <laughs> lot of timelines. Um, speaking of, of fire, uh, we were able to give out, thanks to our, our friends at Warriors World, some more Gucci Garop shirts. Um, <laughs> we had these at the draft party, and they were awesome. And Yeah. Yeah, so we did another uh, contest recently, thanks to our guys at Warriors World, and uh, we have a couple winners that we wanted to announce on this episode. Yep. Our two winners are Russell Allen York. That's handle at one special guy, numer- uh, the numeral one. 
And uh, Sean Herring, S- at SJ Herring714. So we'll yep. be able to contact you guys. Hopefully you're listening, and congratulations. And uh, if you guys didn't get a shirt, uh, go to www.shopwarriorsworld.net. Um, they just restocked. Um, I have a shirt. They're good quality shirts. Um, I, you know, We're going to be at some games this year, so I want to see them around the stadium. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'll definitely be wearing mine as well. Yeah, so thank you guys. Um, so let's jump in. Uh, topic one, I think the biggest story of the week. Why don't we just get in, Croc? Why don't you, why don't you tee it up? <laughs> yeah, the Jimmy Garoppolo news. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys, if you guys listen to podcasts like I do, um, it's been talked about on, you know, several uh, podcasts. It was on, you know, first reported by uh, TMZ. They had, the, you know, the video footage of him uh, with Mia. Ah, gosh. Kiara Mia. Yeah, Kiara Mia. That was her name. And, I mean... I don't know. I was I was kind of impressed a little bit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know some people were like, you know, they were kind of taken back by it. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's young, man. Like, I was telling my wife, I was like, man, shoes. If I was young and you know, super rich, I just signed, you know, got paid like a thirty million dollar check, you know, just a couple months ago. I probably would be doing whatever I want to do too, as long as I'm not getting in any trouble. And he's not getting in any trouble. He's just having fun. He's a young, you know, bachelor. Uh, it seems like most people think he's very handsome. Uh, <laughs> have fun a little bit. And, and that's the sucky thing about being, I don't want to say sucky, but being as famous as, you know, someone like him uh, and, you know, him kind of being like, he's been kind of a media darling. Uh, this was the first time where I've seen people kind of, you know, give him a little bit of backlash. Um, and I don't really know if it was so much warranted. I, I, I think, you know, who cares what he does in his private life? I Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think if we had any questions, it was, was he a gentleman? Did he pay for dinner? Did he pay for the Uber? Like, <laughs> I, honestly, that's what you, like you said, as long as he's not getting in trouble, um, I, think, I think we tell NFL players how to live their lives too much. Right. Um, it's just outrageous. And it's all people that, like, they got to be worrying about their own lives. Like, are you doing the best with your own life? Why are you worrying about this guy? He's doing just fine. Um, and then some of the stuff that I didn't like to see was just how critical some people were of, of her. They don't know her. Like, right. it's just because of, like, whatever her pet profession is. But for all we know, she's the nicest person in the world. You know, you don't know. It's, it's so. Um, very, very well endowed. so she had a follow-up video did you see the follow-up no i didn't see the follow-up video okay so uh they talked to her and two of her girlfriends and she was saying how um she confirmed what a gentleman jimmy was and basically uh she had a her prediction was the 49ers are going to go to the super bowl and win it (laughs) (laughs) okay well hopefully uh her yeah, I don't want to say what I was going to say, but hopefully she's right. <laughs> yeah, well, she says it's because everything she touches turns to gold. So we're going to find out if that's true or she's a Kardashian. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll trust her on this one. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this joke came up during the season, though, at some point. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's, that is that's funny. But, yeah, I mean, I think we could both agree, you know, Jimmy's yeah, Jimmy's a mid twenties bachelor uh, with a full bank account. I mean, this is twenty six years old. Yeah, man. you know I'm thirty one years old. Uh, I couldn't even imagine being twenty six with that much money and being you know you know he's a you know he's a handsome guy, um, and just and, and being a bachelor. I mean, as long as I've been an adult, I've had a kid, so I wouldn't even know what it's like to kind of just be free and. You know, not have to worry about, you know, this or that or your kids at home or, you know, um, 26 years old in the prime of his life with all that money. I mean, you know, why not? Exactly. And another thing is, I guess I'm kind of curious what you think or if you've ever seen this. Was there ever, ever an issue in the locker room that was caused by a woman? I know the 49ers had the cap Alden uh nessa uh situation but i mean in your experience like is that more is that something to be concerned about ever is is what he does like do his teammates judge him i mean 
like that's the thing is i you know i had racked my brain trying to think if this is if anybody really cares and i don't think anybody does but in your experience could this ever turn into a bigger deal nah nah only, only time something like that would turn into an issue is is if uh like she's also dating like another player on the team and someone like kind of takes it personal right um there's been i mean even when I was with the Jets, uh, I know of girls having relations with multiple players on the team. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times they don't really care. Um, I've seen a couple guys get into it. I'm not gonna say any names, but um, it's more over guy or or like you know people pillow talking. So maybe a married player. Well, I don't want to say maybe. This is actually what happened. Um, one of the guys was married. And he's talking to his wife about what another athlete is doing. And, you know, maybe, you know, the other athlete wasn't being very faithful. And, uh, you know, so he was talking to his wife about that. So player A was talking to his wife about another player being unfaithful. Well, the, the, the wife of player A went to player B's girlfriend and told her, hey, you know, my husband told me your guys being unfaithful oh. and that caused a big scene that 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 caused a big scene in the locker room so how did it blow up what did it look like uh every day threatening to fight each other um sh- I even talked about shooting each other uh <laughs> yeah <Jeez. laughs> um guy came over to me and was just like hey don't mess with him he he pillow talks and he I, i'm i'm using like g-rated language right now but <laughs> it was a little bit more vulgar than that but yeah that's that's kind of what what went on from that situation so uh you don't pillow talk you don't want to pillow talk so you know th- those kind of things ha- do happen like you know between like uh teammates but it- as long as you just kind of stay in your own lane I-, I think the jimmy garoppolo situation as long as she's not with any other guys on the team and nobody takes it personal um yeah they don't <laughs> they don't care yeah, they'll, they'll have little jokes. They'll have little jokes, I'm sure, but it, it'll be all in fun. Yeah, and I, I mean, another Bay Area team that we had kind of heard that there was like a, another adult film star connected with was Lisa Ann and the Warriors. Did you hear about all this? Not wait, um, is that with the one that was like licking her lips at Steph Curry? Ah, uh, no, no, I think it was just some courtside girl. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> she looked like she could be uh, in that industry. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, I've I, I've seen the memes. Steph does get them, um, I, <laughs> but it was I think it was something to do. She wouldn't name names, but you know, um, players. I don't know. I mean, you can. You, she said they were prominent players, not married players, but um, on the Warriors, and um, she had some kind of involvement with them. But you know, they they're getting their titles right now. So I guess maybe if talent and and situation like that can kind of supersede that or if you just have some mature guys and you know maybe it's it's not as big of a problem but um hopefully like you said it doesn't go beyond that and where it leaks into the locker room at all yeah typically um just kind of from what i saw guys have their their wives and everything and then you know all right anything else i you know i don't know but i most of the guys You'd be surprised. There were a lot of like married guys on my on the team. Um, yeah, I've <laughs> heard stories about the old Niners teams, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So why don't we pivot? We go to uh, you know, speaking of obstacles that the Niners could be facing, <laughs> why don't we talk about some of the ones that they could actually be facing this season? Um, I had been just kind of. I like to take a step back. Usually we're, we're looking at player battles and a lot of that, and we'll talk more about that later. But um, I've been taking a step back, and I've just been trying to see how this season can go for them and, and what are some of the you know the bullet point things that can actually affect their season as they try to make a run, you know, what's going to – um, what's standing in their way. Um, so I guess one of the things I guess we'll just start off with is I've been looking at the schedule, and um, I think one of the big obstacles for the 49ers this season is that they're going to be going against – the NFC North um, as part of their schedule. Um, I think that's a tough out as part of their schedule. I think it's not talked about enough. Um, that's like even even when the Bears weren't like good, 
um, you know, they had their dog fights with other teams, especially the Packers. Um, and the Vikings are one of the best teams in football. The Niners got them in week one without Reuben Foster. Um, and, you know, yeah, you know, the Bears, I think, are going to be significantly better. I mean, I know that you're not supposed to get high on teams based on personnel moves in the offseason. But, you know, I like a lot of what they did. I think they had one of those uh, – they laid a nice layer uh, on this roster. I uh, really like – Having Roquan Smith there as uh, the new leader of their defense, they were able to hang on to Kyle Fuller. Um, Kevin White's supposed to be looking good, um, as we hear. And, um, of course, they got Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, Jordan Howard's back, Tariq Cohen. They have a really good coach in uh, Nagy. And uh, uh, our guy, Rich Madrid, at uh, 49ers Web Zone um, and Hub, he... He had some good, you know, when I was actually looking at some of the cutups he had at Trubisky, uh, he made some nice plays. So, you know, if he takes another leap, I think the Bears are going to be a tough out. Um, and then, yeah, you know, Vikings, Lions, and and Packers, I think, are all going to be really tough games. And we know that that Packers game is a, a Monday night game. So um, what do you think overall about that particular division being wired into their schedule? Yeah, no, you know, it's definitely tough. Um I think even looking at the Bears, you know, where we, we battled with them and we had our injuries and uh, we've had some roster turnover as well. Uh, you know, they were missing guys like Leonard Floyd, you know, who's a prominent um, pass rusher, you know, young young guy. Seems like he's going to be really good. I was really high on him um, when he was coming out of college. Uh, so, you know, they, you know, missing guys like uh, Floyd. Um, they have a lot of young pieces coming back. Uh, there's guys like... Uh, uh, you know, Trubisky, you know, like you mentioned, you, you have Howard who had a down year last year, but maybe he's going to have a better year this year. You have uh, Tariq Cohen, uh, an explosive uh, spellback who he's probably going to get a little bit more of a workload. Um, you know, all the receivers that they added, they added, you know, three receivers. They added, uh, was it Anthony Miller? They added um, uh, Allen Robinson. And there's one more guy I can't think of, but I know they added three receivers. Um, and then just that secondary, you know, they have Jackson coming back. He had a strong uh, rookie year. They got uh, they got Fuller back. Uh, they, you know, they almost lost him to the Packers, but uh, they matched the offer. They have uh, uh, Prince of Mucamora, um, and they drafted another corner. And then they picked up uh, Kevin Tolliver who, Tolliver, who I was extremely high on. You know I was really high on yeah, uh, were, Kevin yeah. Tolliver. And so far in, well, the last – uh, last I saw, in two days, he had three interceptions. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know, they, they are definitely, uh, you know, kind of building something over there. Um, in addition to Nagy, who's supposed to be like an offensive guru and someone that can help Trubisky kind of turn the corner, uh, that can be a very dangerous team and maybe a surprise team in the NFC North. I know most people just kind of uh, – you know, just kind of hand it, hand the division over to the Vikings and the Packers. But uh, excuse me, I mean, we'll, we'll see those Bears. They might have something to say about that. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I maybe I'm a year early or a couple years early on this, but yeah, I kind of like what the Bears have done. Um, Roquan, I think is just you know, I I think that's going to be a game changer for them on defense because now they have a general of their defense. You know, like you said, they had Floyd, they had some other guys like Jackson. Jackson was nice, and then uh, and Fuller. But um, I think I think Roquan kind of ties it together, and um, that can make them like one of they they could be a really nice defense again. And you know, I look at the battery that. Chicago as a franchise has always run on, which has been there. They've always had good running backs and they've always had a good inside linebacker. I mean, <laughs> right. this has been forever, right? And they probably, they've lost their way a little bit. Um, the bears, you know, as long as I've known, they, they've, they've been known for their, their defense, um, you know, with Erlacher and those guys. I mean, that was, a, you know, even going back to the Singletary days, yeah. the bears, the staple of the bears. When you think of the bears has been defense. And I think they've kind of lost their identity and they're getting back to that with Fangio kind of um, revamping that whole thing over there. So that that's definitely a team that I think some people probably will, you know, kind of just hand the 49ers a W on that uh, that week. But um, I'm not one to overlook them. And, and we'll see. I don't have the schedule. Actually, I do have the schedule in front of me right here. Um, we played on week 16. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know a lot more by that time. A lot can happen 
um, before uh, between now and then. But um, other teams, like you said, I mean, we had two NFC uh, North teams right out the gate with the Vikings and the Lions. Um, no Foster. A lot of people, yeah, in either of those games, a lot of people are kind of just writing us off but, uh, against the Vikings. Very tough uh, opponent. Um, I'm watching, like I have an NFL network on TV right now in front of me, and they just, you know, they're highlighting, uh, it's the top 100 plays, and now they're talking about Adam Thielen. And, you know, they just have, you know, between Thielen, Diggs, um, the running backs, they have Dalvin Cook coming back. Treadwell's coming along. Who? Laquan Treadwell's coming along. He's still only yeah. like 22, 23 years old. Right. So, you know, Treadwell, um, they, you know, on the defensive line, I mean, they were already had a stacked defensive line, and then they added Sheldon Richardson um, to that. So, you know, that's definitely a team that, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how uh, you know, Bradford kind of holds up. I'm not Bradford. Um, Kirk Cousins, sorry. Uh, Kirk Cousins. We'll see how Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins holds up. Um, he's kind of iffy, so, you know, he's hit and miss a lot of times. But um, that's going to be a tough game out the gate. So I, I, I know so. you were just kind of talking about, you know, something that, things that can be kind of obstacles. Yeah, you're you're spot on with the the NFC North. Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be tough. And you know, the other one that's in there is uh, AFC West, which um, that's that's another one. I mean, you got some electric offenses, um, and then some good pass rushers in that division, right? Actually, a lot of good pass rushes in the is in the AFC West. You got Khalil Mack, um, Bosa, Ingram. Um, and, and Von Miller, so they're I mean they're they're stacked. Chiefs just added Sammy Watkins, Kareem Hunt's back, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes is Mahomes is the big story probably is that they're facing Patrick Mahomes and not Alex Smith. So that team could be red hot. Um, I'm I have stock in Patrick Mahomes. I think he's going to be pretty decent. And and the you know the Chargers. I think Chargers are good. You know uh, Rivers and Allen are one of the best quarterback wide receiver tandems in football. They got great pass rush. And that's secondary. Tell me about the Chargers secondary with Derwin James now. Yeah, so, I mean, Derwin James, they, you know, they should have Rhett back. You know, Casey Hayward, uh, one of the top defensive backs in the league, arguably had, like, the best 2017 season. Um, They have another kid, uh, Stevie Williams. Steve Williams. Um, You know, he was a a younger kid. I want to say he was a rookie last year. Uh, You know, he played very well. And then, you know, just to add Derwin James, kind of, you know, bring it all together and, and be the, the the face of that secondary, kind of, you know, bring that versatility, that mean streak, uh, that, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out um, with them. I think the biggest thing with the Chargers, I, I've been picking them to win the, the AFC West, like, yeah. each of the last three years. <laughs> and they just always have these, like, terrible injuries during rookie minicamp. I mean, not rookie minicamp, during uh, minicamp, you know, training camp, OTAs. They have these just terrible injuries that kind of just set them back as a whole. They already lost Hunter um, Henry. And then, yeah, right, they're tight end. And last year, they lost, you know, I want to say, how many games did they win? Like eight? Yeah, I think they were around, around eight games. And they lost yeah. like three games on, on missed uh, field goals. So, uh, that's Chargers are definitely no slouch. And again, I fall into it every year, but I'm picking them to win the AFC West again. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I I think that defense is should be one of the better ones in football, and I think Rivers and and Allen and Gordon like they got it. They got a lot going on there. So, yeah, as long as they can avoid some of that self inflicted damage, then I think that they can make a run and probably win the division. Um, you got any other obstacles uh, you're worried about for the 49ers facing this season? What are some things that can kind of hamper them? Um, I, I think just something that's kind of hampered them. The last really since like 2000, the 2014 season, and his injuries. Um, 49ers in 2014, we went eight and eight. Uh, but if 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 anybody kind of goes back and remember, I mean, we had like 20 guys on IR that year. We pretty much lost the entire secondary of <laughs> at different points of the uh, year. Um, you know, and then now, you know, we the last couple of years we've again been one of the top. Uh, teams in the league with, uh, you know, leading with, uh, you know, injured reserve guys. So the biggest thing for us, man, is just kind of staying staying healthy. So far, so good, you know, knock on wood. But if if we can just, you know, have 
I'd say like, you know, just 90% of our starters out there. I think that's one thing that can help. If not, if it continues to be like what it's been, that can be a huge obstacle, uh, obviously. Um, aside from that, just um, there's, I don't see anything that's just like super alarming as far as um, things we need to truly worry about, but uh, except for that secondary. Um, I don't think that there's a ton of depth. I think, you know, just with our starters, we're fine. And, you know, but there are certain people you don't want to see get hurt and or you want to see play well. Uh, you know, Richard Sherman, that's probably the biggest question mark just because you don't know how he's going to you know return from the Achilles injury. Uh, I, I think if he doesn't re- recover well or, you know, he has any setbacks, I think that can be the kind of the, one of the bigger obstacles because even though, you know, I think Ward is talented. I know he gets a bad rap. I think more because of you know him just not being able to stay uh, healthy. But he, he's not a bad football player. But I, I just I am a little bit more comfortable. You know, if, if we go out there week in and week out, and we have Sherman and Keller Witherspoon out there, uh, so an, an injury to to Sherman or him not being you know himself that that probably would be like the biggest obstacle. Yeah, man, that's a really good point. And when I was doing the the rankings and we were discussing the top 20 rankings for the most important 49ers, uh, you and I really kind of glossed over the lack of, of, of depth there on the boundary. I mean, I think that we, you know, I think there's a good little battle going on at the nickel. Uh, Kwan Williams, DJ Reed, uh, Jimmy Ward, like they got some guys there. Like if Kwan right. Williams goes down, they got like three potential, the two more potential starters. But I agree with you. I think on the boundary, unless unless they you know get lucky with a UDFA like they did last year with uh, either Mosley or Mac- McFadden, um, yeah, they're going to be super exposed there. Another position, you know, just to kind of uh, look at the the whole team on the offensive side of the ball. I think either one of those starting tackles goes down and they're in big trouble. Um, right. I just I mean, if even though Richburg's one of the highest paid. Um, they have Mike Person, who you know could play center and was you know a decent pass protector. Um, those guys are they're really going to be counting on because they're picking up the slack from the guards and you know they're a key piece to uh, Shanahan's offense. So um, I, I think you're right. I think those four players. So you look at McGlinchey, Staley, Sherman, and Witherspoon, and I think all those guys really need to stay healthy. So um, yeah, hopefully hopefully they do, and and I think that'll be key to a run. Um, any other obstacles, development maybe of some of their young players? You know, I think you kind of count on some of these guys to not be one-hit wonders from last year. Um, you want to see Colbert pick up from where he was. You want to see Solomon Thomas become more dynamic and just more of a, a you know, that presence you can't really ignore on the field. Just kind of, a, a you know, get near that level that Buckner's at where he's just, you know, taking over. Um, so yeah, I think some of the development from the 2017 class, um, but all in all, yeah, not nothing too glaring right now. I think we need to get into camp to kind of start seeing some of the more obstacles directly. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, you could point out um, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe not having the, you know, the you know starting off as well as he ended the season, but I, I just don't see that being um, something that I'm too worried about. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't see Richard Sherman. I mean, Richard Sherman. I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo just having a big drop off from um, last season. If anything, I think uh, he'll play just about as well, if not. I mean, possibly, you know, even better, being you know a little bit more familiar with what they want him to do. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of people kind of question like, can he do it again? Or you know, was it fool's gold? Or it's only seven games? So, you know, I guess you can say that an obstacle that might be tough to, you know, get around if he's not playing as well. But, um, yeah, that would be maybe one of the few things that I'm kind of, you know, I guess if you're kind of thinking of, you know, obstacles, that could be one. Yeah, definitely. He's got to, you know, play like a $100 million quarterback, right? And right. they're going to throw the ball a lot. So, yeah, expectations are high. But, um, yeah, not too concerned about performance, almost expecting um, a leap. 
um, with you know the whole, whole offseason, improved personnel, um, more time with Shanahan. Uh, hopefully they're getting more in sync as a uh, offensive play caller and uh, quarterback. Right. Um, so let's jump into actual training camp. Training camp starts Wednesday, July 25th. Uh, 49ers rookies and veterans report to Santa Clara. Uh, what are some of the battles that you're looking forward to? Um, I'm looking for, I, I think the the biggest battle is the, the battle at guards. Uh, you know, you have Garnett, you have Cooper, you have, I mean, even if you want to throw somebody out there like Persons, you have um, Tomlinson. Uh, you know, I've heard different things, you know, oh, Tomlinson's for sure going to be the starter or Cooper's for sure going to be the starter. So um, I just think that just the, the, the guard battle in general, that's that's something to kind of really watch for, you know, see who who, you know, who, who wins the spot and, you know, who, who takes control of that. Yeah, I think that's that, I mean, that's got to be the consensus. Number one battle, right, is. Is what happens, and yeah, what happens at the guard spots. I think, like, I'm not really expecting a lot of surprises across the roster as fine as the final 53. And then, even the depth chart, I think a lot of, you know, if we put our heads together for like 20 minutes, we could probably figure out what the depth chart's going to look like. Um, but I think, I think guard is the one where I would have the least conviction about putting, you know, a player in as a starter. I mean, I just don't know. I know they paid Lincoln Tomlinson to be their left guard. I think they're fine with him there for now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're looking at Garnett, Cooper, Person, um, and what's going to happen there. I mean, and, and you don't even really know if anybody has an edge or if everyone has a clean slate um, or what they're thinking internally. Um, I think personally, and I've talked about this openly, I think Josh Garnett is the highest upside guy there. He was their first-round pick. I know that some of their other guys were first-round picks, but – uh, they've been on teams and they've we've seen what they are. I think Garnett has a lot of upside because his career hasn't really been determined. It's yet to be seen. So um, right. I'd like him to play so we can at least make a ruling on Garnett. Uh, whereas <laughs> the others, I just you know I'm you know they're not they're not thrilling uh, uh, you know really options right there. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. I know. Um, some people are kind of hyped about Cooper coming over um, or being, you know, really optimistic. Uh, he's been on a few teams. Five. Um, other people, <laughs> uh, the, the Cowboys. And I don't think he played bad. And, 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 I mean, I don't know how good we need our guards to be. Um, but I know he wasn't, you know, obviously they didn't keep him. <laughs> so he couldn't have been that great, you know. Um you know, hopefully the 49ers just, in some of these spots, just get a serviceable starter. And I think, you know, they'll be all right. Yeah. Um, one of the other camp battles I think a lot of people are going to be watching, but I actually want to put this out as a battle that I don't think really makes uh, much of a difference is just a uh, wide receiver group as a whole. Um, I know that there's going to be, like, a couple close ones, but I, I – I mean, I think we can, you know, you and I would agree on the on the five or six guys that are going to make the roster and then come regular season, I think it's just going to be a committee attack. Whoever's got fresh legs and is ready to go and, you know, whatever, uh, whoever the best receiver is for the play that Shanahan wants to call, I think it's going to go in like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's like, you know, official starters with how he's going to do it. I just don't think it's going to work that way. So, um right. I'm interested, I guess, in the wide receivers looking good, like everyone just, you know, looking good. But as far as snaps, like I, I'm I'm kind of wary that a lot of attention is going to be paid to that position where it really is not going to matter. Um, and, you know, as far as the bottom of that position group working out, um, I've said I think that Aldrich Robinson is potentially out and that Victor Bolden is potentially out, and they're going to likely be replaced by Dante Pettis and Richie James, uh, the two draft picks from this class. Yeah, the, the receiver, I, you know, I've seen um, other hot takes. I know my guy, uh, Mike from Nothing But Niners, you know, he 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 thinks that, well, he kind of likes to stir it up a little bit, but, you know, so I don't know if he really feels this way, but I, I do know that he doesn't think that Trent Taylor is very important to the team. That's what I'm kind of getting from him. 
so so he thinks that Trent Taylor is like you know if somebody like you know Richie James just comes in and just you know blows everybody's socks off, somebody like Trent Taylor might be you know less valuable to the team. Yeah, I mean Trent, I think is. I think he's I think he's a staple player for them already. I mean, when he was drafted, he looked like the typical Shanahan guy. He's one of the hardest guys to cover. He's proven to be one of the best slot receivers, like one of the better ones in football right now. I mean, like right. that's that's what the numbers say. That's how he looked on film. Like um you were showing that route he ran. It was an arrow route or a was oh, it was the, a little whip route. Well, the the whip route where he came in and I mean, he's just he's so quick. And shifty and small, he's so hard to cover, and that's what matters for the system. I, I think there's uh, less. I mean, there's there's zero doubt that uh, Trent Taylor is going to be on the team, and then you know he's probably going to be in line for some more targets this year. Um, and you know, you wrote that piece on Taylor, and you saw that comfortability with him and Garoppolo. Like those two just mesh, and uh, especially when Jimmy's in a bind and and the pressure's on, like he's been able to extend the plays and find Trent Taylor. So. Um, and all I did was focus on pretty much third down plays um, where he was targeted by Jimmy Garoppolo. So that that's kind of what the my, my article is kind of based on, just him being like a safety blanket. blanket. And he was very reliable. Um, he dropped one, maybe two. I know he dropped one against the uh, Jaguars. I feel like there's one more drop, too. I think maybe against the Titans on a third down. But for the most part, he was very, very, very reliable on um, third down short distance uh he got some longer uh third and longer uh type situation passes um i i have a i have a hard time thinking that he'll be you know released but yeah um, no that's and it's yeah, it's not happening but you know with i mean do you, you remember seeing him at the senior bowl too like he was outstanding this is the guy that he and before that he led the ncaa in receiving i know like you know say what you will about the law tech offense but you still have to produce. Um, you know, he was on that team with Carlos Henderson. Everyone loved Carlos Henderson. I think he's on the Broncos now. But you've heard more about Trent Taylor. And right. I think that's because of where he is. And, I mean, he's he's just an outstanding player. Um, the other thing is, you know, for Richie James, he's not going to directly push Taylor in particular. I don't think that that's a battle that was directly manifested from him being drafted. They were already lining up Richie James in a, as an outside and inside receiver. So I think they see him all over the place. We know that he was a wing T quarterback in high school. He's going to be in the backfield. Um, you know, he's going to be a gadget type player like, you know, Marquise Goodwin is, like Kyle Juszczyk is, guys that move around kind of all over the offense. Um, I, that's how I see Richie James. I see Trent Taylor entrenched in the slot, you know, kind of like what he's been doing. Um, and then, so I, I don't really see a lot of competition for Trent Taylor in particular. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, we had some Q and a this week. We had a lot because, well, it's been a while since, you know, we, we haven't done a show in a little over a week and I think everyone's really excited for camp. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, we were able to pull uh, a few questions together. Uh, we wanted to concentrate on these. The first one from was from our friend Evan Sowards, um, and he wants to know who has the most disappointing season on the 49ers. So do you want to you want to start that off? Oh, go ahead, man. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I'd say, all right. Um, I kind of want to go with like more of a hot take. Um, and not, you know, maybe I don't really think this, but I, I, I'll just say, let's say, because it's easy to say, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he doesn't play <laughs> yeah. like, at the high level that he did last. So I'm not going to go there. Okay. Um, I'll say Jaquiski Tart. Um, I think he's a terrific, strong safety. Um, I, I think, you know, at times he's played extremely well. Um you know, there have been a few times where he, you know, give up plays here and there. But, um, you know, staying healthy has been a big, uh, you know, it's been tough for him. Like, you know, over just 16 games. Um, you know, he missed a bunch of games last year. What, like, basically the second half of the season. Um, so I'm going to say, you know, you know, with with kind of him really having to be the guy. This is the first time he had to be the guy. You know, last year, 
um, he was starting off at free safety because Ward got hurt, and then he moved more to strong safety because Reed got hurt. So now this is the first time where he's going into camp, and he's kind of really expected to be the guy. Um, so I'm going to say that maybe is, you know, I mean, if I have to pick one guy to kind of have a disappointing um, season, I'll say maybe he doesn't have the season that we all expect that he, you know, should have. Even though I don't think his job is like the most difficult job in the world. I do think he's very talented. But if I just had to say, you know, one guy, um, I, I'll go with Jimmy. Uh, I'll go with Jaquesky Tart for, for the reasons I stated. I think that's a good one. Um, yeah, he, the expectations are on this year. Um, and he, yeah, I mean, he, he's got to prove it over a full season. Um, so like, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, we kind of know what some of them are, but yeah, with, with Tarta, I think that's a good one. Like you said, it would have been easy to kind of pick somebody else. Um, trying to think from mine. Uh, I saw somebody reply in the comments, Solomon Thomas, which, (laughs) I feel like a lot of people have an understanding that he's not a good player. He's not going to be a good player, but I, I think he's going to have a better next season. So yeah, but what? if he had a bad year, would that be like disappointing? You know, I I don't think like when I think disappointing is like who do I think the world of, and if you know how could they disappoint me? You know, it's like somebody that you know say you know a family member that's always on like drugs or something like they're on drugs again. It's not really like disappointing. It's like yeah, I expect it out of this person. Like who, 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 but, but if somebody you don't expect out, then they just do something totally out of character. Like that's kind of disappointing. So what player do you, you actually think the world of that might, you know, actually kind of let you down? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Pierre Garçon. And mm. it, it's, it's not, not from a performance perspective, but like, if you're a fantasy owner, I, I wouldn't go down that route. I, I think <laughs> I just I think although you should crock because you're in my league this year. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I I'm not I don't know. I'm, I'm actually I've been really um, skeptical of the volume for him this year. And I mean, dude, he's he's unreal. I mean, your thread that you had on him and, and honestly, he's he's had a long career like Indianapolis, Washington, now San Francisco. He's he's I, I think. I think Pierre Garçon is a super underrated receiver, and he's a really good player. But um, I think there's a youth movement happening in San Francisco, and I think Kendrick Bourne is really, really good. And I think Pettis is going to come in, and he's going to demand a role. Um, I think Kittle's going to get a lot more targets this year. I think McKinnon's going to get a lot more targets this year. Um, What if Richie James pans out, and they can't help but work him into the game plan? I'm like, I, I keep thinking that, the downside for Pierre Garçon is that there are players in that, you know, they're going to, I mean, they're really just going to give it to the best performers there. And if he's got this huge contract and they need to pay Buckner and they need to pay Foster, I think this is going to be one of those years where they're looking at him like, well, can we get out of this contract um, by 2019, 2020? Can we go with these young receivers that we've drafted and found on the undrafted wire? Um, so I think that, if, I know that people are expecting him to come back and be Jimmy's number one guy, but I think there's going to be a committee, um, you know, of receivers. I think there's going to be a lot of subbing and, and situational. Um, so you tack- think they'll kind of phase him out? I, I think I think he's at risk of being phased out. I mean, I mean, they signed him immediately, right? Because they needed a player. They needed a good steady receiver and they got one and they didn't care about how much they were going to pay him because they had so much money and they didn't they hadn't drafted yet so they didn't know what they had um i think the team is outgrowing him already and i think missed time and and a big contract are are things that are going to be working against him so um i I think potentially if if there were somebody that were going to disappoint that i you know most people expect something out of like to be a featured prominent player uh, yeah i think it's pierre garçon all right yeah that's it that's, that's <laughs> something that you know with how you explain it i, I can definitely see that happening it, it's possible i just think they, they have those boundary guys and i mean he jimmy garoppolo like he really likes kendrick Bourne, and those two are connecting and finding each other and it's like you know if you're running a business where can you afford to make cuts like i i I'm not saying Garcon's cut this year, but I'm saying that they're going to be 
they should be watching to see if if they can save money there because they're going to have to pay uh, their two seven their twenty seventeen class. They have to pay Buckner and and you know I think you know they got to be prepared for that. Right. Um. So that was a long answer for uh, Evan, who yeah wanted to know who the most disappointing seasons for the 49ers were this year. Our second question comes from Niners AO. That's uh, at Eliaz01. Uh, where do we see Malcolm Smith fitting in? So um, I, I think he's another guy that can potentially be phased out. Um, you know, it's kind of been touched on that. He, you know, after leaving uh, Seattle, he hasn't, he didn't have the best of, 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 of time with the Raiders. Um, his two years that he was there, he did collect a lot of tackles, but from all the reports I've seen and, and just, you know, different people that I know that are Raider fans, they just talked like he couldn't co- cover what the crap. And I, I think it was kind of like, it's almost like he had like meaning, meaningless tackles. I, I don't know how you have that many meaningless tackles, <laughs> but it sounded like maybe he just wasn't, you know, much of an impact player at all. Um, the 49ers did draft, uh, you know, uh, Warner, Fred Warner in the third round. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, working him in, uh, you know, he's been doing very well. So that, that's another, I know we talked about camp battles. That that could be a camp battle, something to watch. Um, the veteran, you know, Smith, Malcolm Smith, and the rookie, Fred Warner. Just kind of how they, you know, rotate those guys and, and see how they go with the reps. But um, it sounds like they really like Foster at will. And um, between uh, the, the, the rookie Warner and Smith, I think one of them will play more of a Mike position, as it seems. I don't know. I know we hear um, Shanahan say that they're kind of interchangeable, but um, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see about that. But those are two guys I kind of uh, keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, you know where I am with that. I I, I think that it's going to be Foster and Warner. I think that's inevitable. Um, I saw. You think that it's going to be Foster and Warner? Like out the gate, like you know, week one. Well, obviously can't week one, but we'll say week three. Week three. Week three do you it, think it that could, it would be Foster and Warner? Yeah, it could be by then. I think it could happen as soon as then. I mean, he was in mini camp and he was getting reps with the ones. Um, yeah, I, that, I, but I think a lot of that had to do with like Foster Robert Smith and some injuries as well, and right, also right. Brock Coyle um, rehabbing that shoulder. Right, right, right. Okay. I mean, um, even still, I, I think that he's a centerpiece kind of defensive player. I mean, he was at BYU. He's a top 75 pick. I think you're still expecting starters, first-year starters in that range uh, of the NFL draft. Um, and it's the funny thing is you mentioned that, you know, Malcolm Smith couldn't cover. And that's exactly what Fred Warner does exceptionally well. And, he, you know, he's a good run stopper. He's, he's really – he's got good gap discipline. Um, and I think it would be super beneficial to have him – at the mic, maybe inside playing that position because, you know, he's he's bright. He commu- can communicate calls. He could drop back into coverage. And then I also like that pushing um, Foster over to Will Linebacker because Foster's got some speed, man. I remember um, they were playing the Titans, and I'm pretty sure it was the Titans game, and he rushed from the, for the technique from the outside shoulder of the tackle. And he got in there and laid a hit. Mariota got the ball off, but he laid a hit on Mariota. And, um, you know, the 49ers who are looking for some pass rush, I think that that is one of the places that they can get it from is if they put Foster um, outside where he's not running. He doesn't have to run through the the line. Um, And at the same time, if you send a guy like Wagner, or not Wagner, but um, Warner, um, you know, he's, he's a smaller guy, you know, he can shoot gaps and, and get in there quick. I mean, he's really quick. Um, he's a real, you know, like he's a real safety linebacker hybrid. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of counting on him to, to carve out a role pretty early. Um, I think that people have this memory of like Malcolm Smith and Seattle, like that was a long time ago, it was four years ago and his peak wasn't that long. He wasn't a regular starter. You know, he he never really started, like, double-digit games for them regularly, even when he was named a Super Bowl MVP. And then, yeah, he went to Oakland and had volume. I mean, I think the player that people want to remember is probably Bobby Wagner. <laughs> like, that's who they think right. Malcolm <laughs> Smith is. That's not him. Right. Um, so I, I think Warner 
it's it should be more i thought it was more accepted honestly like when i found out that people were like malcolm smith has this job i was kind of like i was a little surprised i I thought people were maybe going to be higher on warner didn't think that much of malcolm smith so um i don't see malcolm really getting cut but i i i see warner taking the job at some point all right no i i can see that happening so um just to kind of touch on it and kind of give give a more like definite answer um where do you see Malcolm Smith fitting in? On the bench, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to put it like you know by by which week? Oh, uh, let's just say week three, man. I, I mean, I'm all in, right? Why not? I'll just say week all right, three. All right, I say more by week twelve, and okay. you know, unless there's like an injury that forces Warner to have to be in quicker um, yeah. over Malcolm Smith. I'll say by week twelve, I think um, you'll see him getting more snaps than Malcolm Smith at Mike. And yeah, so I might, so I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's what I think. Okay. Uh, our third and final question comes from far side of sports. Um, will the improved depth of the secondary help the perceived lack of pass rush this year? I think that's a great question. I think that's a big question. And I want to ask you first. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. You you're only as good as your pass rush for the most part. So if if you're not getting a rush, um, that really hurts the secondary. It doesn't matter. We we saw that last year in some games where um, Russell Wilson was getting uh, really well. Actually, that kind of contradicts what I was about to say. <laughs> we saw Russell Wilson getting uh, rushed, and that didn't help the secondary. Um, but there were other times where um, I, I thought initially the defensive backs did have good coverage, but you know, with you know lack of pressure at times, um, the quarterbacks were just able to kind of just sit back there, and you can sit back there and nobody pushes you off your spot. You know, it's kind of it's a lot easier to be, you know, extremely accurate. So um, I, I don't think any amount of depth, especially with the guys that we have, I don't think we have like you know a true number one corner. I don't think we have. Um, aside from, I actually think Cobra's going to be really good, but I think Cobra's going to be like the best player in the secondary. Um, but he's not a cornerback. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't, you, you need a pass rush, man. Without a pass rush, there's not, there's not really much hope for the guys that we have. I don't, because as of now, I don't see just a super, you know, shut down number one corner right now, unless Sherman just kind of returns in. Uh, is actually better than what he was before the injury last year. Yeah, I mean, if he's back, I, I think it's going to help a little bit. And I guess I'll provide a counterpoint. So my, my counterpoint, I guess, would be that Sherman's going to make somebody, quarterbacks hesitate, you know, tuck the ball after, you know, maybe they're about to throw. And one player in particular, DeForest Buckner, was always just a fraction of a second away from, like, hitting the quarterback I just I think that between those two like the direct correlation between those two players on the same defense like maybe you know I I guess I I think it could help him as uh he tries to break through this year um because the other thing is there's gonna be plays I guess where Sherman's guys locked down and and Akello guy is guys locked down at, at the same time I mean it's not like an every every play thing and and that's why you're saying you know you need a you need a pass rush um but you know i I still i i mean i I still think occasionally it's going to help i also think it depends on their competition um whereas a quarterback you know that wants to stay in the pocket i think will be more affected by the coverage but if you know the niners play the chiefs this year they play patrick mahomes they play um you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is pretty crafty. Um, and then, you know, Russ, Russ escapes the pocket and right. makes those amazing things happen when, um, the coverage is there, but the pass rush isn't because eventually the coverage breaks down. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think it depends on opponent and I think you're going to get some wins, but it's not going to make up for everything. Um, you know, honestly, the bigger difference this year might be Chris Kiffin and scheme. you know, I think that's, you know, scheming ways to get after the quarterback is going to make more of a difference than the actual personnel in the secondary. Right. So, yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Um, 
But, yeah, I think these guys need to get home. I think another player, you know, we talked about before, uh, you know, could have a disappointing season or at least there's a lot riding on him, you know, when it comes to the pass rush um, that needs to produce is Cassius Marsh. Uh, he's the, – there's some weight on his shoulders to produce too. So, um, maybe – yeah, maybe the secondary helps him. But, uh, yeah, these guys need to – they're going to have to finish. Yeah, I mean, I – I agree, man. I'm just fired up, man. I just can't wait to uh, <laughs> see these guys for myself, man. My kids is like, I'm using them as an excuse to be able to go and <laughs> watch the 49ers. Are they, uh, they got any jerseys? Not, uh, well, yeah, no, they have Kaepernick's jersey. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. <laughs> You're going to make Garoppolo earn it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to, got to, got to wait, got to wait a little bit. I actually, I might go purchase me a, a Garoppolo jersey before I go out there on Friday. Did you see the white alternate ones that were on sale? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about getting one. There's actually like this website where they have like jerseys for cheap, but I don't know how good the quality of them are. Yeah, I did that once and I got a jersey spelled backwards. Or the name uh, was spelled backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might stay away from that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, NFLshop.com I think is probably the best. It's the safest bet. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, thanks for tuning into our. Uh, this is uh, episode five of the Cover Four podcast. This is the official podcast of Fourth and Nine dot com. Again, I'm Dylan D Simone. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan A D Simone, and you can find co-host Eric Crocker on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker. Uh, enjoy camp this week, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>